The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. An afternoon edition of Fantasy NBA Today? Surely you jest. I don't. I don't jest. I'm 100% serious. What happened? What's happening? What is happening? It's Fantasy NBA Today and basketball is back just about an hour from now. I wanted to wait until pretty close to the end here. Real close to lineup lock. Because... Well, news is breaking every minute, and it seemed like if ever there was a day, if ever there was a day where we could afford to put out the podcast a little bit later, it would be this one. There were no games yesterday. There's nothing you need to do first thing this morning that this podcast was going to help you out on. We got six games tonight with the NBA back after the All-Star break, and we got news, man. We got news Oh, do we have news. The question is, where do we begin? We begin by reminding everyone that this is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Our good buddies over at hoop-ball.com. Cool stuff in the works over there as well. But more than anything, follow at hoopballfantasy for your daily fantasy newswire feed. The best of the best of the best. Panda's crew cranking away. I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter if you'd like to give me a follow. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We got some new reviews of the podcast over the last couple of days. Want to read through. There was one hilarious one that I definitely want to read on air, and we'll get to that here at some point during the show as well. And then, of course, we'll preview the games tonight. Because it's time to dig back into that stuff. But first, let's do the news. And I want to start with the most important chunks. It's not going to be an exact list in that direction, but it's going to be the big ones, and we're going to work our way down the chart. Big news number one, I think this is the biggest. I think I can safely call this one the biggest. Kyrie Irving is expected to have a, they're calling it quote-unquote procedure, which is just fun words for surgery, to repair his shoulder impingement And if he indeed does go through with this, that would put him out for what they call an extended period of time, which at this point now would be the rest of the season. I can't imagine a situation where he has surgery within the next week and is back before the regular season is over. I mean, maybe there's a universe where he plays in the playoffs, but that's not a very good team. So they're going up against somebody that's probably going to club him. Something fierce. But who knows? That's not really our concern The fantasy season is over by then. If we do, in fact... Okay, now wait a minute. Before we even get to that part of this this rant, I want to remind everybody of the LaMarcus Aldridge incident of four years ago. I'll never forget that moment when we all heard that LaMarcus Aldridge had opted to have surgery. Was it four years ago? might have even been five years ago. LaMarcus Aldridge opted to have surgery on his wrist. This was back in his Portland days, guys. This is We're going way back. I believe it was his last season in Portland. So 2014-2015, so that's five years ago now. Hurt his wrist. He's going to have surgery. 
and he was going to miss the rest of the regular season or most of it. This was done. This was a done deal. The news was out. Surgery was happening. Timeline was blah, blah, blah. I dropped him. Many of you did, I'm sure. Many of us across the fantasy landscape said, well, that's a pisser. To the waiver wire you go. And then what happened? You guys probably remember this too. What happened? Two days later, two days later, news came out. LaMarcus said, nope. You know what? I'm going to wait. I'm not going to have surgery until the offseason. I'm going to play with a badly destroyed wrist. And we're just going to go as far as we can here with Portland. We're going to do whatever we can. My last hurrah. He only shot 46.5% that year, which might have had something to do with the fact that he played 25 games with a completely destroyed wrist. But, you know, again, neither here nor there. He ended up averaging 23.5 points per game that year, 10 rebounds. It was a big one, obviously. And I had dropped him. Fortunately, I was in a league where the commissioner said, look, Dan, you did something based on information that we all had. We don't really want somebody else's team to get a second-round guy just because they had top waiver priority and, you know, a series of strange news events happened. So they were kind enough to put him back on my team with massive penalties. I was dropped to the end of the waiver wire chart. I was banned from making moves for like four weeks, something that in the moment obviously seemed fair. Whatever it took to, you know, to keep the competitive balance in the league good and put that player back on the team where he started. The reason I bring up this incident, of course, is that nothing is for sure until it's for sure. Nothing is for sure until it's for sure. There's a 99, I kid you not, 99 times out of 100, within the next two days, we're going to get the report that Kyrie Irving had the surgery that we've been hearing about today. We'll get the report. Maybe it'll be tomorrow, Saturday, Monday, I don't know. And then... They'll show, you know, he'll, he'll Instagram a picture of himself in the hospital or starting recovery or whatever. And, we'll, and then you can drop him. At that point, you can drop him. And I know that there's going to be this massive inclination to drop him at the, the hint of this surgery. But I'm telling you, as someone who experienced both sides of this, just wait the two days for this to actually happen. He's too important of a player. What if he wakes up and goes full LaMarcus tomorrow? He's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go give me a big fat cortisone injection. I'm going to play as long as I can, and then I'll have surgery the second our season's over. Maybe that happens. The one, one in a hundred times, right? One percent chance that that happens. But what's the, what, is, what is the harm, really, for your team in hanging on for two days just to make sure that if that 1% happens, I mean, it really, it might even be half that. It might be half a percent. It doesn't matter. It's very small. He's going to get the surgery, right? 99% of the time. 1% of the time, he doesn't. If you drop him and he ends up on some team that had great waiver priority, you've completely obliterated your own team for no reason at that point, and you've built a juggernaut somewhere else. So just wait the two days. It's almost definitely going to be cooked, but almost definitely is not already done. Carl Anthony Towns is still out indefinitely. There's sort of mixed reporting on Cat right now as to what we're really expecting of this situation going forward. Mixed reporting. 
I still, I'm holding my same belief that I had the last time I talked about Carl Anthony, which I think was on yesterday's podcast with, with Brandon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It feels like a long time ago now. The, my assessment here is that Cat wants to play with D'Angelo Russell. That he wants an opportunity to, to lace him up with his buddy. They finally got him to town. Finally got him to town. I think he's going to want to play. I think he's back in three weeks or a little bit less. Two to three weeks. Something in that neck of the woods. So nothing that I saw today changes the way I feel about Carl Anthony Towns. Nothing that I saw today. So I think he'll... I think he'll be back in two to three weeks. Kemba Walker has been ruled out for tomorrow's game a day in advance due to his sore left knee, which is a real shame because the dude played a boatload in the All-Star game and now isn't ready to go out of the break. I'm not going to throw up my arms in, in panic or anything like that. I mean, if he was really in that bad of shape, he wouldn't have played in the All-Star game at all, let alone big minutes in the All-Star game. This feels... Fairly precautionary. Boston is in Minnesota. I think they feel like that's an imminently winnable game for them. We'll see if he misses multiple games. Boston's in L.A. to take on the Lakers on Sunday. That'll be a game, obviously, they would want Kemba Walker, but maybe they just say, look, we'll sit him for two games. We'll beat Minnesota. We'll lose to L.A., and uh, then we'll get him back when we go to Portland on Tuesday in a game that's maybe a little bit more of a toss-up. So you're not changing anything with Kemba Walker either. And that also brings us to our next guy on the list, which is Damian Lillard. I had brought up a conspiracy theory that was floating around on the internet that Lillard had faked his groin injury. Not necessarily faked it, but had exaggerated it a tiny bit to get Devin Booker into the All-Star game. His reevaluation showing that he will likely miss three to six games. He said three or four, maybe five or six which puts him at about two weeks from now, right? So that groin thing might be, it sounds like the groin thing is going to be in total of anywhere from two to four weeks, which honestly, it could be worse. That gets him back in time for most fantasy playoffs, which a lot of them start March 9th. If you're the week before that, you're hanging in the balance. And I mean, you guys know how this works. If you have a key guy who's out for the playoffs, it doesn't matter how good they are. You have to drop them. But with a guy like Dame, you're going to hold on to the very last second. And I think he also understands that Portland is falling. And if he, he'll probably rush himself back. I don't think they're going to shut him down for this thing. But he also might not make it to the very last day of the regular season. Yeah, a lot of news floating around. Marvin Bagley will miss at least three more games. Three, sorry, three more weeks. Apologies. Uh, he's a guy that I dropped a long time ago. I, I'm just not that high on his outlook overall, regardless. I'd far prefer to have Rashawn Holmes, who, by the way, his mom tweeting that Rashawn is coming back this year, whatever that means. We don't know if it means anything, but we hope it does. I think he plays in the next three weeks also, by the way. Alfred Payton is questionable with a sore right ankle. What the hell did he do over the All-Star break? Ben Simmons is out with back stiffness. I mean, these are all smaller scale things. Marcus Gasol is closer 
but not back yet. He is already out for Friday's game. And Norman Powell, we're hearing, is out longer than that, which makes him probably a more difficult stash. We also got a report that Steph Curry is going to try to play this season at some point whenever he's healthy. I don't think that's going to be the beginning of March. I, I think that'll be more like the middle of the month. And I have no idea how many minutes that's going to be. But you're at a point now where, and this goes for a lot of these guys, Cat, Steph, Kyrie, although that one might change here if he does indeed go undergo the surgery here shortly. And then if you work your way down the list a little bit, guys like, as we mentioned, Norman Powell, Marcus Gasol. We're getting into a part of the season, you know, Peyton, et cetera, whatever you get, you understand. But these guys operate in tiers from a fantasy value pers- uh, perspective. We're getting to a part in the year where you have some very difficult decisions to make. And these questions are popping up on Twitter and in the HoopBall forums constantly i love the forums by the way you guys have been amazing this year just helping each other out posting tons of questions i can see a bunch of threads that i haven't even been able to check out today backlogged with other things only you this i i can't i can't stress this enough only you i'm going full smoky bear on you can decide whether your moves you're making are right or not. We're not at a part of the season anymore where I can definitively tell you this is what you should or should not do. You know. Because there's other things that go into it. Point of, point of reference. We'll use Carl Anthony Towns because he's among these guys that are out. He has the highest potential for success, right? He's number four on a per-game basis this year. He's right in there with Kyrie and Kawhi Leonard and Dame, actually. They're all in a sort of a chunk together in that three through six zone right now. Kyrie, let's, I mean, okay, look, honestly, he's probably not coming back. The surgery's probably going to happen, but so that's, well, let's ignore him for now. And let's ignore Dame with the assumption that he's back in a week to two weeks. Cat, I personally believe he's back within three weeks. I think he's back for uh, what two and a half weeks is when a lot of fantasy playoffs start. I think he'll be back for that. But let's let's ignore all of that for now, and let's use some hypothetical examples related to Carl Anthony Towns. And you can stretch this to the other guys that you're dealing with on your team that have injuries. Cat, uh, Kyrie, Dame, obviously these guys are in that uppermost echelon. Uh, ben Simmons, Rashawn Holmes are guys that are in that second grouping of, of players. Rashawn Holmes is number 23, guys, so don't try to tell me that he's not somehow with Ben Simmons. Simmons is 32. Shaw Holmes is, a, is a, a freaking round ahead of him at this point. Clint Capella, Paul George, those guys are also in that second tier. Steph Curry is in... We could probably put him in that second tier because I don't think he's going to play 35 minutes. A game. He's not going to go full bore even when he comes back. And then you start to work your, your way down the list a little bit with the guys like Norman Powell that are more questionable, Marcus Soule, Lowry Markinen, Luke Kennard. Those guys are kind of in like a fourth grouping. So there's groupings here, and you change what you're doing based on what a guy might be able to do for your fantasy team. The point I want to make is, let's, let's do some hypothetical examples here with different tiers. Assuming we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns. If you're in first place in your fantasy league, 
and you have Cat. You obviously sit on him. Of course. If you're in second place and the first two slots get a bye in round one and you're deciding, well, if I drop Carl Anthony Towns, I can make sure I get a bye in round one. Don't drop Carl Anthony Towns. And here's why. And this is the same thing for folks that are a little bit farther down the charts. Third seed, sit on him. Fourth seed, sit on him. Fifth seed, sixth seed. Now you start to get a little bit into that that other side. So there's two things you're going to be weighing in your head. One is, if you have a top two seed or you're gunning for a top two seed, what's more valuable? The guy that you're squatting on or the first round buy? I would venture to say that if we're talking about anyone in those top two tiers, the guy is more valuable than the buy. If you drop Carl Anthony Towns to secure your first round buy, and then he comes back late in that first week of playoffs, and you can't get him because someone else did, that person's probably going to beat you. Because that's a first-round pick. You cannot give up a first-round pick. You're not going to win your league if you drop a first-round pick who ends up playing for a team that you're going up against. The only situation I could possibly condone dropping someone like Cat or even the second tier, Ben Simmons, Rashawn. I mean, Simmons obviously will be back in the next game or two, but just talking about guys that are hurt in that area. Rashawn Holmes being the big one there. Clint Capella being another relatively large one there. The only situations that I think you could drop those guys and it's the right move is if you, in a situation where if you don't drop that guy, you will miss the playoffs. It's the only reason to do it. You drop that guy only if and only if keeping them would keep you out of the playoffs. That's the only time you do it. I don't care what names you're about to throw at me. You're like, but, 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 here's my... No. We're not special. None of us is special in this regard. We all have teams that are in in different spots. And with Roto, you hang on to these guys forever because you're not worried about a playoff format. Head-to-head, you've got these top two buckets. You've got the Cat, Kyrie, Dame first bucket. You've got the Rashawn, Capella, Paul George, Steph Curry, Ben Simmons... Again, not really out longer term, but those guys are in the second bucket. Anything below those dudes, the situation is vastly different. Anything above that, those first two buckets, the only reason to drop those guys at this juncture of the season is if you will miss the playoffs if you don't drop them. I don't care if you're going to slide from the third seed to the sixth seed. I honestly don't care if you're going to lose your first round bye You have to have Cat if you're going to win your league. The reason you got to that point in the first place is probably because you had Damian Lillard or whatever player we're talking about here. You wouldn't have been the second seed if you didn't have Dame for 54 games this year. I know Cat, Kyrie have both had terrible injury-plagued seasons so far. Same with Rashawn and Clint Capella and Paul George. But you really, your team wouldn't be where it is without whatever games you got out of those guys. Meaning, if you let go of those guys... The odds of you winning your league go down precipitously. You need those dudes. You need them for the playoffs. Now, the next tiers down, the Kevin Love, Will Barton, Norman Powell, Thomas Bryant, Wendell Carter Jr., who's probably coming back, but Marcus Gasol, Lowry Markinen, Luke Kennard, Alfred Payton, who's probably also going to be back soon. All of these guys, all the way down the list, Marvin Bagley, Otto Porter, 
you name it from that point down, those guys, I don't care what the hell you do with them. I believe the first round buy is more valuable than any of the names that I just listed. That's including some of the bigger names on that chart. You know, Kevin Love is number 54. I mean, he might play in the next ballgame, so that might not be a, a great example. But like a Norman Powell, who's number 62, I would drop Norman Powell in a heartbeat if it meant securing a first-round buy instead. That's way more important. I mean, the difference between Norman Powell and Clint Capella, that's, or Paul George, or Rashawn Hall, that's night and day. Norman Powell's number 62. He's had a slight positive impact on your fantasy team. Paul George, 28. He's like eight Norman Powells all rolled into one slot on your team. Same feel for Rashawn and Clint. And double that if you want to go to those first-round guys. So there's a big drop-off there with these guys that people are talking about stashing. Should I stash Luke Kennard? No, I don't give a crap. There are other things more important at this point in the year. And I'm talking head-to-head right now. Roto, you do whatever the hell you want. You know my feelings on that. I'll stash until the cows come home because the game caps allow it. Head-to-head, this is the point of the year where, I mean, again, your playoffs might be starting in two and a half weeks. You might have two regular weeks of fantasy basketball between the end of this All-Star break stuff and the start of your fantasy playoffs. You need to spend those two weeks trying to get a top two seed if you're in the playoffs and it's within arm's reach or just get into the playoffs if you're number, you know, if you're like the seven seed or you're the six seed and you're about to tumble out. You got to stream at this point. You can't be stashing anymore unless you got an injured reserve spot. And if anybody else gets hurt, then you got to drop one. You can't be taking zeros here if you have an opportunity to maybe get a first-round buy. If your team isn't clearly the best team in your league, getting that first-round buy is extraordinarily important. So we're going to be talking streaming, basically starting on our Monday show. And we could even do a little bit of a nod to it on today's program. As we start to look at what's ahead over the weekend, well, we're not at the weekend yet. It's Thursday show. I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, we'll do a little streaming discussion on tomorrow's Friday show. That'll, that'll be where we get all that stuff fired up. Okay, so that's the news of the day and why you should or should not dump a couple of dudes. By the way, we did get word here as I'm recording that uh, Kevin Love is not on the injury report. So if you're thinking about starting Larry Nance, you might want to take a wait-and-see approach there. This is fun. I've been waiting to do this for a week. What's coming up tonight? Milwaukee is at Detroit. Reggie Jackson's been bought out. Derrick Rose had a week to recover. He could actually go pretty big down the stretch. Remember, Derrick Rose was working on his career best streak of 20-point games earlier this season before injury kind of derailed it a little bit. Wouldn't be at all surprised to see him get that fired back up again. They have no one on that team that can score anymore. It's Derrick Rose and then Christian Wood, I guess. Don Maker can't score. Bruce Brown can't score. No one else can score. Don, <laughs> Tony Snell. Yeesh. So we're paying attention to Derrick Rose. I think he should have a pretty good closing stretch here. I think he likes to be on the court. Paying attention to Thon Maker. This is a weird matchup with Milwaukee, but he's been pretty good going into the break. Obviously, Christian Wood is a must-start guy. Bruce Brown is another guy to keep an eye on at this point. He should have a pretty good stretch coming up. There's just, there's sort of no one getting in his way. 
He is not particularly available in my highly competitive leagues, but he might be in yours because he's only 17% owned in Yahoo leagues overall. Miami is at Atlanta. Maybe an opportunity here to see Miami at mostly full strength. Tyler Harrow, I think, is the only one that's officially out for the heat. Dare we expect the Crowder cool-off to take place here shortly. Atlanta still no Clint Capella. So Dwayne Dedman is in the streaming driver's seat. He's driving a streaming recreational vehicle right now. Must-start guy. He's top 50 upside here while he's filling in. And then also I want to watch, and we've talked about this a lot, the slow, this is like the world's softest, most boring avalanche, slowly enveloping Kevin Herter's fantasy game. As Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunt, and Jeff Teague, all these guys start to play healthy, Herter's value has taken a big hit. A lot of the numbers don't reflect it because it's been such a recent development. But I'm telling you right now on this podcast that when all of those guys are healthy, he is going to struggle to get inside the top 125. Is that usable? Yeah, if you need threes and some scoring. Is it must-own? No, not anymore. Charlotte. They bought out Marvin Williams. What does that mean? Anything? Anything at all? We wasn't playing very much anyway. There just aren't that many dudes on this team with good fantasy games. Chicago should get Wendell Carter Jr. back pretty darn soon. Chris Dunn sounds like he's out for the year, so he's probably a drop. Which means, of course, I dropped Tomas Sadoransky right before Chris Dunn got hurt, and Sato's going to be good the rest of the way. Not that interested in Otto Porter. As we mentioned on yesterday's podcast with Brandon, I don't think he's going to have much of a role the rest of the season. Markinen should have some, and then Wendell Carter Jr. is the safe one if you're talking about Bulls' potential stash guys. Brooklyn, you might see them play hard now if the you know with the news that Kyrie's not coming back, you'll probably get a little bonus stuff. Going into the All-Star break, DeAndre Jordan was logging extra minutes over Jared Allen. I don't know if that was because Allen was maybe getting a little bit fatigued. With a matchup here against Joel Embiid, you might see additional DeAndre Jordan minutes also. I don't care at all about Philadelphia. I know Ben Simmons is out, but not making any adjustments there. Memphis, that's a good one to watch. The growth of DeAnthony Melton, the growth of Brandon Clark, Jonas Valanciunas, Jaron Jackson Jr., they've, they're a fun fantasy team out in Memphis. But again, I mean, we're really just paying attention to Melton and whether Clark can get those minutes up into the more 24-25 range because that's a big deal. Good percentages, just get him out there a little bit longer. It's all gravy. Sacramento, we're watching Jabari Parker making his Kings debut. They really might run him out there for a little bit. Kings are just screwy enough to do it. Who's gonna get who's gonna get hit though? That front court. I mean, they're just like rearranging the deck chairs at this point with the Kings. I know Bagley and Rashawn Holmes are both out for at least another two or three weeks, it sounds like. But Jabari Parker is probably not gonna play the five. Does that mean that Nemanja Bialica is gonna slide over and play more five? It's a possibility at this point. Because he's got his voodoo doll, so he's locked in. Parker at the four, Barnes at the three, or flip-flop those guys. I mean, the Kings are going needlessly slow in their front court, but he's probably going to play. Probably more points league appeal than anything else. That steals rate this year for Parker always seemed doomed to come down, and certainly if Atlanta, they're a stat stuff and fantasy team. The Kings, not as much. 
Houston picked up some uh, bargain bin guys like Jeff Green and Damari Carroll. I really do think Jeff Green could log 15 to 20 minutes at center in this small ball team just to spell P.J. Tucker. Uh, Daniel House has looked really good. I don't think that anybody's coming for his time right now. He's been locked in. And then, I mean, one thing that I'm a little bit curious about, and I hate his fantasy game, but Eric Gordon, in the small ball system, he's going to be on the floor extended time. I mean, I would not be floored if he was taking between 7 and 11 three-pointers per game. And he's a free agent in some leagues. You just you badly need to need three-pointers because the rest of his fantasy game is not good. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a year and three three-pointers, and he's outside the top 170 in nine. I believe he's outside the top 170 in nine, Cat. Am I getting that right? I might be looking at the wrong projections. He's outside the top 200. Yeah, it was worse. Sorry, guys. I was too high. <laughs> Not what you thought I was going to say there, was it? And then finally, Golden State. There is, they signed Dragon Bender to a, a 10-day deal, but nobody cared. You know, it's just Marquise Chris time, man. He's rolling, and I don't trust the other guys. I, I'm sticking with where I was on that one. By the way, Cleveland doesn't play until tomorrow, so I mentioned Larry Nance earlier in the Kevin Love news. Um... That's something you don't have to worry about for another day. They're in Washington on a Friday card with an early start. It's lineup lock day. Late, but effective. Lineup lock day is here, so get it going. I promised I was going to read a funny review of Fantasy NBA today, so I will do so. Andy wrote this great one. I'm going to read it verbatim. My go-to fantasy basketball podcast. That's nice, Andy. I read that subject line, and I thought, oh, here we go. Somebody else trying to make my head too big. And then Andy spun it around on me. He writes, after deciding I would go all in on fantasy basketball, I started listening to every podcast I could find. At first, Dan and I were enemies. Ooh. Hating on Karis LeVert, hating on Chris Boucher and Rondé Ellis-Jefferson when the entire Toronto front court got injured in December? I thought, this guy's an idiot. Well, I mean, I am, but anyway, I'll continue. But then he was right. And again, and again. His reasoning is solid and he doesn't jump to conclusions. He's patient, but suggests striking at various opportunities. Thanks for all the help this season. You're welcome, Andy. You become my first listen of all the daily basketball podcasts, and more often than not, my only listen. Keep killing it, you buzzjoy. Yeah, that's right. I'm a killjoy over here, and Andy's got me all figured out. I am the fantasy killjoy. I will rain on parades until there are no more parades, but I will protect you guys at all costs from going the wrong direction on fantasy. Please do rate and review the podcast if you've enjoyed things. We've kept you afloat here during this week off with consistent episodes. We will always have your Monday through Friday Fantasy NBA Today fix. Because that's how we roll. By the way, we just got news right before going off air that DeAndre Ayton is officially probable against the Raptors in Phoenix's game, which is consistent with what we heard earlier this week. And that Mike Conley will sit out half of Utah's upcoming Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. So just a couple other very small pieces of news as we're on our way out on this Thursday edition of the show. Thank you guys for for waiting, I guess I should say, for a slightly later edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Wanted to get this out after the news broke. And honestly, I feel good about that because if we had put this out first thing this morning, we wouldn't have had the Kyrie news yet. And that, to me, is a big deal. Don't get used to it, though. Tomorrow's show is coming out 
in the wee hours of the morning, most likely. Well, maybe later in the morning. We got to do the Friday look ahead, right? Fun, fun, fun. We got things to talk about. That's all coming up. 32-minute show, guys. In and out. Quickie. We'll have it done before lineups lock. Listen now, and you're good to go. This is Thursday's Fantasy NBA Today. Open up the podcast app on your mobile device and rate and review the show. Drop a five stars and write something funny, and I will read it here on air. Shout out, by the way, to the revamped DFS Today podcast, helmed by the great Language Olympic, Andrew Hansen on Twitter, Mike Patria, and uh, Miles Hartley, those guys busting their butts right now. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. We're back, baby. It's NBA time tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.